out of Kherson city, past the bridge the Russians invaded and left on, you reach a new phase of hope and anxiety in this war. Down on the edge of the Dnipro River, on whose isolated right bank, lone groups of Ukrainians are making rare advances into Russian-occupied land. But it's tiny tools, hand-rigged, donated drones and small gains. The US is stalling on the big money Ukraine needs to make the breakthrough the West wants. And you can feel the anger at that here. It is relentless work. I think it'll be very difficult without American help, he says. Our supplies are also ending, so we need theirs. We've had days so busy, we launched 15 to 20, and I got 10 minutes rest between flights, the pilot says. I never imagined this would be my war. It's the PlayStation generation headsets directing cheap, single-use drones on a one-way flight into Russian lines. It's just saying that the weather's cleared up, the fog was just settled over the river, and the Russians are very aware of this threat, and you can see them now trying to find a target. This keeps the Russians off the roads by day and helps Ukraine take ground. Now they manoeuvre towards a Russian checkpoint, killing here somehow remote, yet also intimate. Another prize target emerges, their Russian equivalent drone unit hiding in a red-roofed house, worth sending two drones at. The first, as it closes in, taken out by jamming. The second picks it up. At night, another unit, elsewhere near the city, takes over. Thermal imaging help them find Russians hiding in the woods across the river near Krinki, a village where Ukraine has a valuable foothold. This unit too were hunted and use a cheap device to spot the frequency used by a Russian drone passing above. This operator dons a new cloak as he launches a drone off the roof. See how it reduces his heat signature, probably invisible to the Russians above. The night in battered Kherson city is no respite for civilians. Sirens, yes, but also a series of Shahid Russian attack drones. Lights off, lights off. They close on us. The motor whine lower as it passes over our heads. What? Anti-aircraft guns pierce the blackout. There really is little life to be enjoyed here. And what's left rushes at the news, there are rare food handouts. They're fast gone. The shelling is relentless. A woman injured here the night before, her neighbor knocked off her feet. I don't drink, but yesterday I drank a bottle of wine. We all have our guardian angels. We women here are resilient. Her son, liberated last year, is still in the grip of the war. And unless they push the Russians back, a dark and bloody normal awaits. In the summer, we saw kids out here playing, and it's not just the bitter winter that's forced them indoors, it's the fear of artillery strikes at any time, with a protective wall now built around the children's playground. The sense, really, of a city getting ready for a bit more of life underground, some of it in bomb shelters.
Especially here at the maternity hospital, still open for tiny miracles and readying this basement to be their new ward. Built by the Soviets for a nuclear war, it's now a shelter because the floors above have been hit again and again. But there are sparks of life here, even if this is the view Yevgenia had when she gave birth just seven hours earlier. It's not scary. We've got used to the shelling. I've been here since the start of the war and occupation. We'll only leave if the heating goes off. Kira, conceived in spring when an end to the war was imaginable, but born into a city lost to Russia's slow grind to nothing. Nick Payton Walsh, CNN, Kherson, Ukraine.